is Contrazoom, where we go back and forth about film. I'm Dakota Arsenault, and on today, we are talking about the history of video game movies, including a very special review. So just off the top, uh, I just want to say that Contrazoom is presented by Aesthetic Magazine, and we are very happy to have them on board um, sharing this show with all of you. And today, I am joined by Sammy Felchenfeld, who has been on Contrazoom a bunch of times in the past, but this is his first appearance of this new iteration of the show. So thank you, Sammy. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, so we actually just finished watching a really special movie. I'm not going to say it yet, but we're going to talk about video games and their adaptation into movies. It's something that we're coming up. We're now in this era where Detective Pikachu just came out, and we're going to talk about that later. But video game movies have a weird history where... They're terrible for the most part. There's been about 50 or so live action adaptations and tons more animated and directed video and things like that. But for some reason, video game movies have just never really clicked other than a few handful. Uh, I guess off the bat, have you seen a bunch of video game movies? I, I guess looking at the list in front of me, I have. Um, there's a whole subset that we'll talk about that are sort of horror movies and I just haven't bothered with, but there are many um, that I definitely have seen. Looking at it, it's, you know, kind of weird mix. It started off the very first movie that was made was Super Mario Brothers, which is our very special review. I guess I'll reveal that now. <laughs> um, and then, you know, there's a couple of more of the action movies. You know, there's Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat. And then they kind of stopped them for a little bit. And then we get into this, which doesn't seem that long ago. I guess it is now, but like the Laura Croft. And then a whole bunch of like really terrible ones. And then a few more big budget ones like Max Payne and Prince of Persia and the Resident Evil movies need for speed hitman they have a varying degrees of monetary success but almost all of them despite some of them being enjoyed not quite cult classics but enjoyed for their badness are terrible movies yeah it it, it really seems that um it, it's, it seemed like the very beginning that there's a big disconnect with the people who make the video games and the people who make the movies. Um, and what that results is in is movies that either are too close to the video games and then are incoherent or are just completely different and nobody wants to see them. I, I find it interesting. My theory of why maybe they're not good is for two reasons. One is most video game plots are super simple and translating that into a full movie, it, it's hard to really flesh out that storyline. And then you have these sort of more modern video games, which, you know, take 50 hours to complete, you know, your, your Elder Scrolls games, things like that, where it would just be impossible to adapt into a movie, maybe a miniseries mm -hmm. or something like that. But do you think that's maybe one of the reasons why they don't work, where it's like you have your basic, you know, side scroll or fight them, shoot them up bad guys where there's no plot. And then other ones where it's like explore the world. Yeah. That's the, also not a plot. The, the issue you, you hit it on the head. The biggest issue is I'll take an example like Assassin's Creed, which was a movie. It was a big budget movie that sort of took the ideas of the game series and made their own kind of the game series covers lots of different times and storylines and characters. So they made another character. But the biggest thing is about most of these games is that you play the journey your own way. So even Super Mario, taking that example before we get to that, is the princess is kidnapped and go save the princess. You'll go about that your own way. You have your own way of playing the game. You'll build your own narrative in your head. On the flip side, games that do have a lot of story, like Final Fantasy, especially the early, I'd say the first 10 Final Fantasies, the story were weak in a few of them, but some of them had really interesting stories. But now there's, those stories are, uh, if they would be the equivalent of a short story in terms of adapting a short story to a film. If not, it's very difficult to adapt a short story to a film and make it worthwhile without it being just the simple story or the way that people have followed it. So Or changing it so completely. It, changing it so completely that it's completely unrecognizable, mm -hmm. which um, we were briefly talking before we started about the first Tomb Raider movie, which was reasonably successful, um, but that's because it was just they picked up the name Lara Croft and made her wealthy, which is in the games, and then they put her on an adventure, which had nothing to do with the games, but that's the same thing she does in the games. It was enough of a proximity 
but they just made it's it, they just made an Indiana Jones movie. It, it, that's exactly it. it's an Indiana Jones movie that for the modern crowd and it managed to hit whatever zeitgeist it was able to do while Angelina Jolie was a very well-known person. It's not like she was a huge box office draw, and she especially wasn't known as being an action star at that time. For sure. She mostly was doing, you know, dramas, very intense dramas and things like that, or, or uh, romantic dramas, not action, shoot 'em up sort of thing, lots of physical stunts. And the first one, you know, I I went and had my birthday one year <laughs> where I how what year did that come out? That, that would was two thousand one. Two thousand one, so I would have been wow, twelve years old. Uh, a bunch of us went to the movies to see it, and, and I twelve year old me very much enjoyed that. <laughs> oh, I very much enjoyed it too. Like it, it was a, it was a fun movie, and it's it just, was. And it but it kind of stands alone. Even my parents, I went to. I remember I saw uh, the first Tomb Raider with my parents, and they didn't know it was a video game. So there, there you go. Like, and, and looking at the list, I think another thing I briefly touched on before, some of the most successful video game movies by far have been horror movies. So the Resident Evil series, the whole thing they did, it was multiple movies. It's, I think it's actually ended up making close to a billion dollars, the whole series, um, over five or six movies. But they basically just took a few ideas, took a couple character names, but purposely did not base it on any of the actual games and just took, the, basically just took names and said they're zombies or there's whatever and it's the same thing with silent hill um and with basically any of the horror movies have been among the easiest sells because it's just oh it's scary watch this movie it's scary mm-hmm. um i do want to mention though briefly animated movies because we're going to come to detective pikachu in a little bit but um the earliest successful uh, reasonably successful um video game movies were the pokemon movies and that's just because um they hit it at the Pokemon was huge. Everyone mm-hmm. had it. And then specifically, the very first Pokemon movie, which was called Pokemon, the first movie, came out in North America in 99. Um, and the games Red and Blue came out a year before. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was still a big enough draw that they were even able to release the two sequels the, the, the two years after. Um, and there's, if people don't know, there's actually been a Pokemon animated movie every year since 1998 in Japan. Wow. Um, but they, these days they get like a one-day release in North America as a special event. They don't do well. They also don't do great in, in Japan either. They, they resonate with kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just fun. It's funny to see that um, it's sort of, when you think of the biggest video game franchises, um, it's a lot of them still aren't represented in movies. That being said, I'm sure there's companies, there, there's people out there that want to make the Call of Duty and want to make all these ones that, that people would recognize as well. But at the end of the day, it's just Call of Duty is a war game. So you just make a war movie and then mm-hmm. it has nothing to do with it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you see that issue that happens with Super Mario Brothers, which is something we're going to touch on. But then the ones that they sort of are less plot filled that they do sort of stay more faithful to, whether it's, you know, your Street Fighters, your um, re- Hitman, things like that, where it's just, you know, much more action based. Um, there's just nothing of substance there to really grasp onto. And I think that's a, a real issue for the average movie-going crowd to get invested in. And if you love those games, what do you love about it that you think will translate into a movie? And that there seems to be a real disconnect there. Well, and that's the thing for me, is that if there's... Some of my favorite games have never been made into movies. Legend of Zelda is my favorite game series. I don't know how keen I'd be on seeing a movie because one of the biggest things is, again, it's, I like to play it my way. I can't go into the movie and control what the characters do. But there's certain nuances to the, like in, in the Zelda series is that the main character never, ever speaks. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of game series, the main characters do speak. So that's something for me as a fan that wouldn't turn me into a movie ticket buyer. But then on the, the flip side, you have something like Prince of Persia, Sands of Time, which I saw in theaters. Oh. Um, which was... First of all, Disney, so that's weird. <laughs> Second of all, Jake Gyllenhaal playing, uh, basically playing a Persian prince, which mm-hmm. was its own problem, as gorgeous as he was. <laughs> but the biggest thing was they actually took the plot of the Sands of Time game, elaborated on a bit, and made it into a movie, and, and assuming they were going to make the whole trilogy, which there are two more games in that series. Um, and it, it was a, a fine box office um, thing. It's, it's actually one of the most successful live-action um, video game movies, but at $330 million, um, and not very favorable scores and ratings, uh, it, it sort of turned into a bomb. And it was just, there's so many things wrong with it. And it, and again, it's the same thing. My parents went to see it not knowing that it was a video game. So it wasn't drying out the people who spend their time 
playing. I mean, if you were to make a Fortnite movie, which I really hope they don't, the the 125 million people who play Fortnite probably won't see it. Mm-hmm. What's the draw to them? They can't control the characters. They can't control the outcome. And the biggest, other than the fact that all their friends play it, you know, a lot of the fun sort of comes from the the cheesiness of the game. You, you know, the Fortnite dances, things like that. How do you put that on a movie screen without it being absolutely ridiculous yeah. and you can you can be self-aware but just because you're self-aware does not make it good yeah one thing i do want to mention is probably the best video game movie that i've seen um realistically is uh the late the, the recent jumanji and it's not on the list in front of us because it's not based on a video game but it is a video game movie, which are very rare. There's there's a handful of video game, quote unquote video game movies that are not based on video games that are even worse than some of these. Um, there was one a few years ago called Pixels that mm. I didn't even finish because it was terrible. Um, and there, there's a few of those out there where it's sort of a, it seems like a very singular ver- vision of video games. My parents grew up playing Atari and staying up late with their friends and playing Atari games. But the moment the Super Nintendo came out, too many buttons. So they play the Nintendo, and then after that, so their perception of video games is very different from mine, which will be very different from other people who are only playing on iPads and phones. So how that translates into a big screen experience is going to be so different, whereas a book, books have been books for thousands of years. Mm -hmm. That's an easy thing to translate because they've been turned into plays, they've been turned into other books, they've been turned into songs. So I think part of the issue is that it's a new medium and people don't really know how to manage it yet. Mm -hmm. So of the ones that have been made, what would you say are some of the better ones and which ones would you say are some of the worst ones? Um, if Okay, so I'll start with worst ones because it's one of the best worst movies ever made. Definitely Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Mm-hmm. It's full of memes. It has a famous line um, that it basically goes, now you must die. Mother, you're alive. Too bad you will die. It's amazing. In terms of the best ones, um, I think the best ones actually do stand apart from the games they're based on. So I will actually say the first Tomb Raider was was just a fun movie, if not a great movie. Um, and I would probably also say that, um, oh boy, I guess this is very this is a very difficult thing to do. It really is slim slim pickings. Um, Rampage was fun. It's probably one of the most recent video game movies. I didn't even know it was a video game. What? Oh, and that's the thing. It's an arcade game where monsters smash buildings. And so they took literally no plot and just made it a Dwayne Johnson vehicle. And no surprise, it's the second most successful live-action uh, video game movie. But again, that's the problem, is that when you think of video game adaptations, you don't think of anything you've ever seen or want to see, necessarily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the Resident Evils and the Silent Hills definitely have a huge... <coughs> following for them both especially the resident evils you, you don't get to make five of these movies yeah. uh with the same cast because oftentimes we'll see these sort of movies where you'll have the first one that's got all the big names and then the second movie you know the lead drops out and they replace them and then by the third one you don't recognize anyone involved in it but mila jovovich has been involved in all of these movies which is you know quite she impressive. is also married to the director that's the writer, true but the, but... Fa- but the fact that the the, the pair of them have been able to do all these movies together, show that not only is there an appetite for them, but they're still enjoying them as well, which is really fascinating. What would you say is the worst then for you? The problem is I don't like to watch bad movies. So I know, uh, much to my chagrin. I know. So looking at this list, I can only say I've seen a couple of them. Like, I, I'm well aware of, like the U-Ball films on this film, like Postal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I remember Blood Rain. I can't remember who... Maybe that is a U-Ball film as well. I can't Probably, remember. Probably, yeah. Um, and just like the sheer mockery it received and hearing about how it would be released in certain markets and literally no one would see it. Like the box office total would be like $5,000. Well, Postal's worldwide box office was $146,000. And so. it probably made all of its money in like Germany where you ball is from. Right, exactly. Um, and then even like Doom is both a favorite and not a favorite. I've only seen it once and it was nothing like the game. Same type of thing. And I think that, yeah, it's just... This list is very sad. Mm-hmm. I actually am just looking, and I forgot that there was a Far Cry movie, and that's one of Ubisoft's, uh, one of their many series as well. And Who's that's, in that? 
Who knows? Okay. Um, so I, the good news is there's more to look forward to, which we will talk more about. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we are going to talk about Super Mario Brothers. Where are we? I got a feeling we're not in Brooklyn no more. They're brothers. They're plumbers. Oh no! Mario! Luigi! They're on the trail of a kidnapped princess. So, we decided in honor of talking about video game movies to watch the very first video game movie, Super Mario Brothers, starring people that you automatically assume are brothers, Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo. Yeah, there's not decades between them. <laughs> what, what is... Bob Hoskins' background is he even Italian because in this movie he puts on the worst New York Italian accent. Okay, I'll say it's a good Brooklyn accent. It's not a good Italian. He's English. Oh my god! I, most of I most of the cast that. in this movie actually is English. Oh so, my god! Which yeah, is that's totally right. Hilarious. Um, and then you've got John Leguizamo, who I'm pretty sure is Puerto Rican, who doesn't even try to do an italian accent he does a bit of the new york thing which he already has because he's like a new york puerto rican guy yeah uh, oh he's colombian not puerto rican my apologies john lake wasamo for if you're listening to this um and then in a in a scenery chewing role we have <laughs> dennis hopper um who uh actually looked like maybe the only person in the movie enjoying himself i will say mm-hmm. um and then there's some other people but a fun thing we realized while watching this this is that the um one of the villains is played by fiona shaw who is known mostly to our generation as aunt petunia in um in the harry potter films and she has some killer fashion so i will say that for her and for this movie <laughs> uh this i believe is the first time i've seen the whole thing but you've seen this before. I've seen it before. It's been a long time, and I actually enjoyed it a lot more now than when yeah. I did last. I was probably 10 or 11, probably saw this at, at Roger's video, this away, uh, throwback right there, and, and said, uh, oh, I can't believe this is a Super Mario Brothers movie, and had to buy it, uh, or had to rent it, rather. And I seem to remember like not understanding or just being really upset um, that this is absolutely nothing like the games. And, of course, at that age, I was already playing pretty much everything. I had a... a a PlayStation and a Super Nintendo through most of the 90s. Um, and so just to just to discover that this movie exists and that it was so bad, um, just, you know. But watching it again, I will say, um, it's still a terrible movie. I don't recommend it to anybody, but, it, but I agree with the fact that it has a cult status because the production design is really neat, mm-hmm. if, if a little weird. Um, the, the plot and story is terrible and predictable, but also kind of, cool dystopian sci-fi like there's there's little things there where it's it seems like um it was made by a committee of people who couldn't decide what they wanted so they just put it all in there there's definitely a vision and a lot of bad movies suffer because there are there is no vision involved and the fact that they at least try to go for something and commit to it and a good chunk of the cast, like the, the the minor characters, seem really committed to this wacky vision. At least makes you, I don't want to say believe in what's going on, but appreciate what's going what, what you're seeing in a bad sense. There, there there's bad bad movies, and then there's bad good movies, and this is leaning more towards the bad good side of things. Yeah, it's it's um it's a lot more earnest than a lot of bad movies. I'll say like. It, right through to the end you could tell that like they had a sense of what they wanted the story the story to be the script is abysmal there's a lot of really stupid one-liners um that just don't make any sense i i have to call this out when mario says but but i was gonna take her to wrestlemania (laughs) of all things that fits into a movie set in like a dystopian kingdom and i guess then modern day new york um yeah it's just when you think of the pantheon of films distributed by walt disney studios like this one was, um, this would probably not be very high on the list of people, any of films anyone would acknowledge. And I will say that Nintendo has basically disowned any connection with this film at all. I think this movie sort of comes at an interesting era of filmmaking for action-y type of films 
that also has a lot of effects because there's a lot of practical effects going on. It's also sort of in the early stages of CGI. So Terrible they, CGI. Yeah, so they definitely try to blend it. it. It's like they... it. This movie came out, I think, a year after Jurassic Park did. So you definitely could see some influence of Jurassic Park. You know, Yoshi's a full-on dinosaur that's a puppet. Um, so they definitely try to really immerse yourself in this world by using practical effects and then you have some interesting wire work that's going on that really doesn't work and then you also have some effects where they're clearly in some sort of in front of some sort of green screen where they're using miniatures yeah yeah miniatures I, ne I never really have an issue with it's the stuff of like when you're flying through the air and you could tell that the background is is all cgi and they're just on a wire or something like that so it definitely comes at a, a very interesting time of making movies where it's easy to sort of laugh at now and it's sort of cutting edge but they don't go all the way with the cutting edge like jurassic park did where they tried to make it super believable but i appreciate that they actually did use so much practical effects and that's the thing that's that's one thing that's super missing and noticeably missing now i'd say that in this is probably a conversation for a whole other podcast but you can see the shift before Lord of the Rings and after Lord of the Rings. Lord mm. of the Rings did use a lot of CGI, but also had thousands of extras, had huge pe uh, practical effects, took the time to make it look as real as possible. And then you look at The Hobbit, obviously, and that's not the case. So I when we were watching the Super Mario Brothers movie, I made a comment of this was a time when they used extras and mm -hmm. tons of real people. There's tons of instances where uh, you can tell that, yeah, they actually... I'm, we have up reading about the Yoshi uh, puppet and that they... They built four of them, a stand-in, a wireless model, a half puppet with the tongue, all these pieces. And even though it would be cheaper to do that now, most people wouldn't. So and I appreciate it. Looks, it looks didn't. better then than it probably would now yes. if it was a studio trying to cheap out and be like, oh, we'll just CGI it. Yeah, yeah. Like, if, if this was James Cameron doing it, you know, I'm sure Yoshi would look fantastic. But if it's, you know, every other movie series that's like, okay, we got this much budget for, for the CGI will lot a little bit for the Yoshi, it's going to be terrible. Fun fact, the budget for this film was $48 million and it made $20 million. So that's always fun. That's... Um, I, I will say I do know quite a bit of the history of this film. It doesn't all spring to mind immediately, but this was a very trouble, troubled production. Um, it took longer than it needed to take. It was a lot of people who did not know how to make films and especially didn't know how to make sci-fi films um, with this overproduced kind of nature. Um, so you could you could tell a little bit where where there was a lot of care put into something and then the next scene it was sort of just Okay, he's just bathing in mud. Yeah, no explanation. No kind of background for it um, But at the end of the day it was it was Nintendo learning their lesson and it, it Basically turned them off film films of any kind for 25 years because they Nintendo themselves doesn't own the license to Pokemon and I'll talk about that more <laughs> now, why do you think that they basically decide to completely disregard any actual plot from the video game other than the fact that they're brothers and that there's dinosaur creatures? Because that seems the, to be the most sim similarities. The plot of the game is that they're brothers and they save a princess. In this <laughs> in this movie, they're brothers and they save a princess. The, the there's Other than maybe parts of Yoshi's Island or Super Mario RPG, which neither of those games existed yet at this time there were only four super mario brothers games at that time one two three um super mario brothers usa which is our version of super mario brothers 2 and super mario world all of them had the same prod, plot the the princess is kidnapped they have to save the princess i think the problem was is that they they chose to use a bunch of different components of that universe so mushrooms uh dinosaurs yoshi all that goombas whatever sort of disassociated it from what it was in, in the games because it's not a kid's movie. It's, it's a bit more adult. It's a bit of a weird comedy. Um, and I think at the end of the day is that they, I think they had too much license to do whatever they wanted. And that's, that's where the issue came from. It's true though, at the time, how do you do a Mario Brothers game that's live action with these two actors? Mm -hmm. Maybe, I don't want to say it's, a, it's an issue of being lost in translation but maybe this might have been a case of you've got nintendo way out in japan where their focus is probably a little bit different of what their priorities are and then you have a hollywood studio which has different priorities and 
any sort of language barrier and clashes and wondering who has final cut of the film and direction of how this is going. There, that could have been a big issue of why this movie looks as messy as it does at certain points. For sure. It's a too many cooks uh, situation for sure. I think that the, the biggest, it, you said it exactly, at that time in Nintendo's history, it still had the, it was the third or fourth CEO of the family. So at that point, Nintendo was a hundred year old company and it was still the same family running it. Um, that had a very, uh, their model was essentially Nintendo in Japan made the decisions, all the other Nintendos sold. So Nintendo of America at that time did a bit of translation, but mostly did marketing. Fast forward a few years, especially about 10 years later, Nintendo of America is now, and, and if you look now, they're, they're a pretty big company. They still do marketing and sales, but they also do translation, and they actually support game development for the developers in Japan. So that was probably a major issue, that you had the, the head of Nintendo of America as, a, as sort of an intermediary between the Japanese head office and Hollywood, and nobody really agreeing what to do. At that point, Nintendo of Japan was saying, Hollywood wants to make a movie? Fine, let them make a movie. But they learned from that to say, instead of let's work with a studio to make a better movie, or even let's work with some animation studios in Japan to make animated films, they just said no. Mm -hmm. They said, this was bad, we don't like it. It's interesting, I, I was doing a little bit of reading on it, that this apparently was going to be, <clears throat> when they filmed it, was much more adult in tone. And then during reshoots and extensive ADR, additional dialogue requirements, they made this much more family friendly. And we even noticed while we were watching that looked like they were all being dubbed and it turns out that it was all being dubbed. <coughs> we saw this with a movie like Scooby-Doo, which was originally shot as an R-rated film and then edited down to a PG film between reshoots and selective editing. Um, whenever you do something like that, Scooby-Doo sort of worked out because it was so campy and it was able to go all that way. It still has its issues, but this looks like it's a movie that really might have gotten lost in the editing bay. Would this movie have been better if it was PG-13, R-rated, whatever it might have been? Maybe. Maybe the, the vision would have been a bit more clear. Maybe if they started it out knowing it was only going to be a PG or G-rated film, would that have been a bit better if they are I think they just need to stick to what their tone wanted to be and be consistent with that. And a major component of that is I think the very first idea the writers had was Mario and Luigi are Italian brothers living in Brooklyn. And that's where they started from, but they still wanted it to be a fantasy movie. They should have just, honestly, they should have stuck with one setting. Make it in this alternate universe because essentially Mario is, the games are in their own universe. Or make it somehow make it something that stays in the Brooklyn aesthetic. The name Mario comes from the, uh, I believe it was the landlord of Nintendo of America's first office. Mm -hmm. And that's where they took the name. Because in Japan, the name was really Jumpman from the Donkey Kong games. Yeah. And then when they were making a new game, they needed a character name. And so um, the one of the people working at Nintendo of America just said, oh, what about Mario? It's just a name. And it became this whole persona. So I think that's where they got the idea. It's very much one of those things where I think a few people had a conversation and then they, they just left it there. They didn't take time to elaborate until times came for rewrites reshoots kind of redoing the film mm -hmm. so i guess you know you already mentioned how nintendo tries to avoid mentioning this movie that was ever made but what would you say its legacy actually is um its legacy is honestly is is making people who are not video game fans and even some video game fans think that video game movies are bad I think that it started off on the on the worst foot. It's hard to say if anything was better. The next video game movie is Street Fighter, which is also a really really bad movie, um, but uh, very also equally entertain entertaining and has um, and has Raul Julia uh, chewing the scenery as chewing, well. Chewing the scenery more so than anyone else does in Super Mario Brothers. Um, I'd say the other legacy is that it it taught Nintendo about its license um, with Mario because at the time it had been a video game company for for about fifteen years. Um, and really showed them the value of like Mario Brothers is one of the Mario is one of the biggest uh, entertainment franchises in the world, not just as a video game company. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think it showed them what they need to do, and it also maybe made some other companies a bit more hesitant. I wouldn't be surprised if Sega was looking at a Sonic movie at the same time, saw this come out, and said no way. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. And you think about you know Mario is probably one of the few characters or franchises that really crosses the boundary of everyone knowing what it is. Uh, you don't 
there, there's tons of popular video games, but they don't cross over into the mainstream. Today it's a little bit different, but like Sonic, sure, but you ask a lot of people to point out what Sonic looks like. If they're not a video game player or didn't grow up in that area, they probably wouldn't know what it was. Yeah. Everyone knows what Super Mario is. But even more so, everyone knows what Pokemon is. And I think that mm -hmm. that's, that's an interesting thing, which I know we're about to get to anyway. But um, I think that's... Uh, my, my partner made a very interesting comment while we were watching this movie, is that at the time, in 93, it's true, not that many people knew who Super Mario was or mm -hmm. who Super Mario Brothers was. Now, it's a very different time. Like, if there was a special re-release anniversary edition of this, which there will not be or ever will be, um, it might get a bit more traction just as a curiosity for sure. Do you think, I know you, you, you mentioned that they are doing an animated version of this. Do you think it is possible to do a live action Super Mario Brothers and do it justice? No, there's not enough story. No? There just isn't enough. A, an animated one makes so much more sense because there's now, there's now like hundreds of games that have been made. Um, Nintendo is, so, so Shigeru Miyamoto, who created Mario, is actually a co-producer of the animated film that's coming up with Universal. Um, they have their hands in it now to be able to think of what they of what story they want to tell but nintendo and lots of video game companies have tons of series out there that are ripe for live action um that would be a better fit than mario i think it's just it was a weird choice but it was the biggest video game it was the, kind of the most well-known video game series at the time you couldn't make a pac-man movie in 1993 it was well known but that plot is even more <laughs> nonsense so yeah that's interesting. Yeah, I I would be curious to see what a a better live action version would look like. Um, don't count on it though. Yeah, <laughs> obviously I don't think it'll, it'll ever happen. Um, yeah, you know there there's it's it's an interesting movie. I've definitely seen worse films. Um, it's not good by any stretch of the imagination, uh, but. There's quite a bit that's funny. I, I actually enjoyed it. You know, I, I think Leguizamo, you know, he's always been a pretty good comedic actor, has some interesting, funny little moments here. And I think playing up the Brooklyn-ness of it all is a, is a nice source of comedy. Uh, so I, d I did appreciate it in the sense of this was not the worst thing that I've ever seen. And if, you know, you want to watch it and make it a drinking game, I probably have fun and yeah. want to rewatch it. Yeah. <laughs> you can't go wrong seeing this movie, but you also can't go right either. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, so, so that was our review of Super Mario Brothers uh, on the eve of what is the future for video game movies. We have just released uh, Detective Pikachu, which, uh, by all intents and purposes, looks to be, the, as far as a critical side of things, the best video game movie ever. Uh, I, I was reading that is the only video game movie ever to have a positive Rotten Tomato score. That's true. Which, when, you know, when I read I'm like, really? And then I think about it and look at the list, I'm like, oh yeah, I understand why. Uh, at the time, neither of us have seen Detective Pikachu, um, but do you want to maybe talk about a bit of the reception that you've heard about it and sort of what this means for video game movies? Yeah, I think it's, um, this was both, so um, the Pokemon Company is a company owned by Nintendo and a couple other kind of holding firms. Um, it is still Nintendo's license, but the Pokemon Company handles the license themselves. Pokemon is the largest um in terms of value franchise media franchise in the world larger than star wars larger than marvel and like all those things it, it's and by a long shot it's because of decades of games decades of animes decades of movies especially in japan comic books uh merchandise all that stuff um makes it a behemoth so what that meant is the pokemon company when when they started working on this film they took their time this movie's been in production for five years they feel they only filmed it recently um, but they had, what I was reading about is that they took a long time developing the live-action version of the Pokemon. It's a movie about a main character, Pikachu. If you screw that up, no one's seeing it. But the first trailer, if you compare the first trailer of De Detective Pikachu to the first trailer of Sonic the Hedgehog, um, people immediately were enamored by it. They said, this, is, this reminds me of when I was a kid or when I was a teenager playing Pokemon Red and Blue the first time. Um, I think that's... I think it's, it's, it's something that the Mario Brothers movie didn't have a chance to have it. This is 20 years of nostalgia, especially for people. Most people played Red and Blue and never played a single other one. I played probably six 
different Pokemon games of different generations, different styles. But even for me, it springs out as that's something I want to see because it's an it's its own story. I haven't played the, the game it's based on, the actual Detective Pikachu game, but it's a it's a more relatable story. It's a way for me to, to actually see all these other characters I know and love. Um, and at the end of the day, it's they took their time. I don't think a single other movie on this list, they, they gave it the same amount of care. I think it's interesting where, sort of similar to the Super Mario Brothers movie, is... Uh, it sort of deviates from what we would have expected a Pokemon movie to be. There's no Ash Ketchum in mm-hmm. this. It doesn't seem to be the a movie about throwing Pokeballs at Pokemon to catch them and fighting gym trainers and things like that. That sort of stuff, from what I understand, is in the background of the movie and sort of serves as the, the mythological, m- mythologizing aspect of the world that it takes place in, but it's not the plot of the movie uh, which is it's fascinating that they decided to go in that direction. But I think that's the best. When I when it was first announced, I, I agreed. I thought that was really strange. But I actually, the more I read about it, the more I saw the trailers, I said, that makes sense. Everybody knows throw Pokeballs at Pokemon you find in the forest and, and uh, fight gym trainers. But just like Mario Saving the Princess, it's not enough to make a movie. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's why. And, and they already have greenlit basically a Pokemon-led movie mm-hmm. like about Ash and all that stuff. Which will be an amalgam of the first few years of the original anime and, and, and then some. And there's still some mythology there with the legendary Pokemon and all this stuff. But now there's some buy-in to that universe existing. Mm-hmm. Instead of going full... This is one of the things Warcraft did. Is It sort of uh, it, it was a fun fantasy movie, but it sort of assumed people knew 15 years of video games. Not really, but it, you did kind of know some of that. You needed to know some of that stuff. And it made a story based on things you, you then already knew. And despite the fact that Warcraft was one of the most popular games ever made and has a huge user base, it was, you know, a very much self-contained community. Yeah. There, there was no periphery of understanding what was going on. Unless you were willing to dedicate, you know, 100 hours to it, you were an outsider. Yeah. Like, I, I just remember hearing stories. It was a popular game when I was in high school uh, 10 years ago now that the only people that played it that's all they did. Yeah. Yeah. And people still playing World of Warcraft had no interest in seeing the movie because they were like, whatever, we play the movie every day. Like, mm-hmm. the, the, there wasn't enough of a draw. And I think Detective Pikachu was basically saying, we have a story. Hollywood, Hollywood's been chasing, like, Warner Brothers specifically, or is it Warner Brothers or Paramount, whoever it is. Um, I may be wrong on both of those. <laughs> whoever it has been chasing uh, the Pokemon company for a decade, um, there's been, like I said, an anime film in, in Japan every year. And then in the last couple of years, they've actually done CGI um, Pokemon films. But there's been an interest for a live action film, and it's been a Hollywood interest, not a, not a Japanese interest. So I think it was um, the Pokemon Detective Pikachu game came out in 2013. And once that there was like a plot with a talking Pikachu, which made it more interesting, and Pikachu being the star of Pokemon, I think that's sort of where it where it took, and that's where people say, "I actually want to see this. I'm I'm interested in going out there." I think one of the main reasons why maybe people were a little more accepting of it as well, which is going to be the downfall at the moment of the next movie we're going to talk about, is the animation actually looked good. Yeah. Um, you know they they. We talked about this in Super Mario Brothers. If you're just going to throw a small portion of your budget to the CGI because you can fix it in post, it's not going to work. And Pikachu, you it looks like you can actually pet him. You you can see the texture. Oh, there's in plushies his fur. already now. It, that's yeah. the point. And, that, and that's the point is that he looks soft. Mm-hmm. And then when you see the other different Pokemon in that world, you can see their texture and you understand what they would feel like you know the onyx is hard and it's a rock and the mime is more human like more doll like super creepy it is yeah but pikachu looks soft you want to pick him up you want to hug him you want to squeeze him but and it looks good that's what i'm saying they they started working on this movie and spent a long time just making it look good um which a lot of these other movies have sort of been like we're taking creative license this movie didn't need to do that this movie basically needed to say if if we were waking up in a world where pokemon existed this is what they need to look like Mm mm-hmm but as you were about to say, a big difference from a film like Sonic the Hedgehog, which has been probably in, in development, I'll use air quotes for that, for 10 years or more, but mm-hmm. never really being greenlit until, re- greenlit until recently. Um, and as we now recent, recently, 
was announced that that the um, the release date's been pushed back four months to February, um, and for all we know, it might be pushed again because the the backlash from this first trailer was huge, and mm-hmm. that's because Sonic looks ridiculous. Sonic has never looked. I've always been a big Sonic fan. Has never looked anything like that in any games. When you think about the Pokemon. If you just basically turn the fuzzy into a clean line, it's like the game. Mm-hmm. It's the exact same. The faces are all right. The 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 size and everything is right. Sonic looks creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, let alone the plot. It's the same kind of thing as just chase chase rings and hit a bad guy like that sort of thing. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm still going to see that movie no matter what. But I was <laughs> I was also very like not impressed with the the visual effects. It seemed like as soon as it was announced, I remember a couple years ago, it was nothing but bad news after bad news. Yeah. And like hearing Jim Carrey, like I know we all wish it was Jim Carrey of old, but the last ten years he's chosen terrible projects, and him being attached to something is just a recipe for disaster. And, and knowing that he's cast as the main bad guy, Dr. Robotnik, it was like, oh, okay, what kind of tone are they going for then? And then we actually see him, and he looks nothing like Dr. Robotnik. like Except in, for the very end of the trailer. Yeah, when he loses his hair and yeah. stuff like that. But you look at all that, and you're just like, what are we looking at? This is ridiculous. This, this movie seems much closer to what Super Mario Brothers is than, than I think the, the Pikachu side, because it's, it's still... The fast hedgehog, the rings, the Doctor Robotnik, but it's sort of like the versions of it. Now the sort of thing they went through with the trailer is, oh, Sonic's an alien has to save Earth, which incidentally is the plot of two of the anime shows from the '90s, which I was a big fan of. But they brought in so much more of the video games to make that happen. It seems like this is going to be um, this is going to be a movie we're going to love to hate, um, but I 100% appreciate that it's being made. <laughs> there were. Obviously, I w- we didn't explicitly mention this, but if you haven't heard by now, after the backlash of the trailer and, and specifically with the design of Sonic, they right away said, "Okay, we're gonna change. We're going to adjust the, the look of him. It's going to be different," uh, and that's the reason why they're pushing the movie back itself. But like, I don't think that's going to save the movie. The movie looks think, bad regardless. I think they're going to re-edit it. Because it has already been shown to test audiences who were not happy. So that's, I think that they're using a bit of like, oh, we need to do to reanimate, but we also have an opportunity to make this film better. Um, the problem is Sega is notoriously bad at hand, handling their own licenses. So if this was the same kind of thing where they probably said, make a movie, have fun, mm-hmm. give us a bunch of money. Um, I do want to change gears for a second, though, to Monster Hunter. Um, which is which is another upcoming film, which is incidentally the same team that made Resident Evil. And it's a similar idea to what made Resident Evil work. It's the very basic plot. Monster Hunter's plot is there are monsters and you need to hunt them. <laughs> so put Mila, G- Mila Jovovich with a huge sword and a bunch of, and a ragtag crew of apparently UN Marines or something um, into another universe where there's monsters and hunt them. It'll probably be super fun. It's not as much of a horror movie. Um, but that's something where it's not a huge property. The, there's only been a few games in the series. It's massive in Japan, um, but it's not as big in North America. They're just they're just doing it, and they're just going to have fun. Um, where Sonic is still a pretty big property, and every so often there's some good Sonic games, and I think that this actually has a bit of a risk of, not, I wouldn't say negatively impacting the brand, because it's Sonic and it's so easy to make fun of. If you go to the Sonic Twitter or Instagram, they make fun of themselves all the time. I just feel it's going to be a bit of a weird, it's going to be a bit of a gamble. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Um, we There was for years a Halo movie in production where, um, oh, uh, uh, um, who's the guy involved with it? Neil Blomkamp was Yes, involved. Neil Blomkamp. Yeah. Uh, and he, he shot some of the movie and Guillermo del Toro was involved in it as well. Uh, and then it kind of got shelved indefinitely due to infighting between Microsoft and Bungie and the the studio that was producing. I can't remember which studio it was. Well, and now there's rumors that's becoming a TV series, like sh- scrapping all yeah. that because Bungie doesn't have the license anymore, and it's just like, and that's one of those things where when we talk a little bit about what can be live action, Halo basically is live action. You mm-hmm. just you just have humans in those suits and not CGI. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of potential for it because the lore is very deep but very easy to just make a simple space opera out of. So 
missed opportunity. But speaking of Microsoft, they're making a Minecraft movie because, of course, they think they have but to. But why? What, what is the plot to Minecraft other than build things? Build things and don't die. And that, and th- that's the big question, is the biggest thing for me. Make an animated movie that's blocky, fine. But a live-action movie is pushing it for me. It is under the live-action category, so I have no idea what that's going to look like. Uh, like, is it going to be the Lego movie but serious? But then still live-action. <laughs> like, the Lego movie is a totally different thing because they made it, for the most part, CGI. Um, yeah, I, I think it's just... I think Detective Pikachu is a turning point, but hopefully it will show people... Show other companies if you want to make a video game movie, take your time. And I think that's the issue is video game movies by nature are going to involve a lot of CGI. Unfortunately, yep. that's the only way to say it is because you're unless you are they decide to do something like Red Dead Redemption where it's just a straight up western where that is all it is. But then it's just a Western yes. at that point. It's no longer a video game movie in the same yeah. way. You're going to need some sort of, of CGI, which unfortunately takes time. And if they tried to do a market correction based on Detective Pikachu, we're going to get a bunch of subpar movies, which I wouldn't be surprised if in the next couple of years we you know, hear a huge slate of movies. And I'm like, oh, Detective Pikachu worked. Let's do something. Yeah. And then they're all crap. And then they go, oh, yeah, video game movies are terrible. We should never make them. And then it sets the whole genre back again. Yeah. And But the good thing is, is that I will say they take longer to make in general because of CGI and production, but also licenses. So we're not going to see a huge spate of them right away. Um, I think people will be looking to uh, partially Nintendo with the next Super Mario Brothers movie um, in a few years and, and to sort of the big hitters to see how they handle um, their prospects. I mean, even Square Enix, like the, the Final Fantasy movie from a little while ago had nothing to do with any of the games, but it was a great movie on its own. But because it didn't make a billion dollars or whatever, they said, okay, we're cl- closing up our film division. Mm-hmm. And then it took them until the last few years to start making films directly related to their games. So... I don't know. I think it's just going to be... Honestly, I think maybe something like Netflix or TV is maybe a better frontier for some of these things. Which we know that Netflix is doing a Witcher series. Which is actually based on the books. Which the games are based off. And that's a a big thing, too. Most people are a fan of The Witcher because of the games. But The Witcher is actually a a series of fantasy novels by a Polish writer that was turned into these very popular games. The the show will use bits of both, some of the visuals from from the games, but it very much is following the story of the books. And so that's the same thing we came to at the beginning is that it's easy to not easy it's easier to adapt a book mm-hmm. than it is to adapt an adventure you control yourself. So what do you think of something like uh, an Elder Scrolls Skyrim sort of game? Do you think that could be made into a mini series? Totally. Um, if they did it the way I played it, it would take them like 150 episodes to mm-hmm. do. Um, I think that we're getting closer to that sort of thing, but again, it needs to be something that has potential to, to reach more audiences so a good example i can give um is castlevania so there's the, mm. an, the the animated show on netflix which i've only watched a bit of it's honestly a bit too gory for my tastes but it is very strong it takes core elements of the story which is a pretty basic fighting dracula storyline but put in the characters put in the stuff it very make, much makes it, it makes it its own a lot of people i've seen online who like it never played a single game hmm. but they just they, they like the, the animation they like the story they like the way it's done I think there's more potential in that. And Castlevania has a following, but it hasn't really been a good game. It actually hasn't been a game period in the series in a while. Um, so there's not as much riding on it compared mm-hmm. to something like Skyrim. You put a you put something out there called that is called Skyrim or called Elder Scrolls, and the expectations will be sky high. Interesting. Now, I, I think a close comparison I can sort of make of video games, if we want to call video game movies a genre, uh, is comic book movies as well in the sense of we we had a bunch of comic book movies in the 90s there was a couple really good ones like the original batman movies and if you go back further the 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 original superman and then a whole lot of crap and then they stopped making them and then in the early 2000s we had a couple really decent ones like the x-men movie uh and the first two spider-man movies and then the rest was crap and then they stopped doing it again until basically we had the nolan trilogy and then the start of the MCU. And so now we're back to mostly comic book movies being pretty good. You still have some clunkers in here and there, but for the most part, the genre has seemed to have turned itself around. Are we going to have to wait 
for a market correction of Detective Pikachu coming out with some bad copycats, or is it going to potentially lead a renaissance where maybe video game movies can be good? I, my full hot take is that video game movies will never be good and never be big. I think they're going to have a few because at the end of the day, if you make a good video game and it sells, you're making a lot more than a movie would make mm-hmm. because you're paying 60 in Canada, 80, 90 bucks for a video game. You get enough people to do that. You've made a ton of money. You get people to buy microtransactions, to buy loot boxes, to do all these other things. They're giving you money constantly. You, we see a movie for $15 and then maybe rent it or buy it or just get it on Netflix. The money's there and done. Obviously, Endgame, Avengers Endgame is a different experience to that, but I don't think that this is a genre that is going to really take off. I think we'll see good movies maybe once a year or every other year, um, but it, the saturation isn't there in the same way as, uh, as the comic book movie specifically. Because at the end of the day, if I see a really good video game movie, it's probably a video game I already own. I'm not going to go see... I'm not going to see Sonic the Hedgehog and go buy Sonic Mania, which is probably one of the best Sonic games ever, because I already have it. No one's going to go to those movies, whereas the, the comic book movies, Marvel's comic sales have been massive in the last 10 years because people see the movies. Even Captain Marvel's a good example. All these people now want Captain Marvel comics. It's, it's the thing they're doing that's making a ton of money that's now letting them sell stuff for even more money. Unfortunately, the video game movies just don't fit, fit that niche. So then are we basically, I don't want to say doomed, but potentially only ever video game movies being geared towards kid and most likely animation? Yeah. Of I ones think, that see the theaters. Yeah, I think I think we're going to see better TV shows. And that's a whole other conversation, obviously a different podcast. Um, we're we're going to see good TV shows based on video games eventually. I don't think we're ever going to see... A huge spate. We're not going to see a cine- like a Nintendo Smash Brothers cinematic universe as much as people joke about <laughs> it. Um, just because there's no, it's not worthwhile for companies to make. It's you might see something like Resident Evil again, where it's a series that really takes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Pokemon is that potential. I think we're going to see a lot of Pokemon live action Pokemon movies for sure. It's a balancing act of keeping the movies simple while still being interesting. Yeah, and drawing people to the theater. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Well, uh, that was a lot of fun. That was us talking about the history of video game movies, uh, a special review of Super Mario Brothers, and what to look forward to in the future. Uh, So thank you very much, Sammy, for for joining me. Thank you for having me. Uh, That was awesome. So make sure you follow the show on both Twitter and Instagram. It is at ContraZoomPod. You can also send me an email, ContraZoomPod at gmail.com. Let me know what your favorite video game movie is. Uh, I want to give a special thanks to Eric and Kevin Smale for making our awesome theme music. And thank you to Aesthetic Magazine for presenting ContraZoom. I hope you enjoyed the show. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify. It is everywhere right now. Uh, We are are coming back and, and taking over everywhere. So thank you so much for listening. Doop, doop.